Welcome in the latest episode of that SEC podcast. I'm your host, Mike Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter. And I'm joined, as always, by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Balls on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee hover? Hey, buddy, what's going on? Oh, man. <laughs> Glad to have you back. Been watching, re-watching all these spring games, having a good old time. And don't forget, Shane, we got two more before we close out spring officially. We got LSU and Alabama yeah. on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And then we won't have any for a long, long time. You know what? <laughs> oh, man, I'd love to watch that game again. You know, it's just, that's bringing back memories, LSU and Alabama. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, you're, you're, you're talking about two of the better ones, I would imagine spring games to, to watch. So, right. uh, viewership should be awesome here. Now, Alabama did not get a prime time spot this year, did they? No. <laughs> First Sorry, time. I knew that. I knew that. Years, I was just kind of just, <laughs> I was like, how's it feel? How's it feel to be with the other losers? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know why they do. I mean, hell, they should do a better job of all that, but it is yeah. what it is. The champs, they get their glory. Georgia gets it this year. They've earned it. Mm-hmm. Now we'll find out this fall who gets it next spring. You know what? Yeah, I like it, man. Yeah, so uh, where where can we watch these uh, for those that are that are just listening? Yes, same deal. So you have to have cable subscriptions, and then you either log on to uh, ESPN Plus if you have that service, mm-hmm. or I don't even have that, Shane. But I but I have cables. I actually have YouTube TV, like a lot of people now. So you got to go yeah. to your ESPN app, put in your YouTube TV login, and then you can watch it on the SEC Network Plus. So that's going to be the same deal for LSU and Alabama. LSU, 2 o'clock Eastern, 1 o'clock Central. Alabama, 3 o'clock Eastern, 2 Central. So back-to-back here. Battle for the SEC West Spring Edition. You know what? Yeah, I love it, man. I love it. I love it. Catch it because it's the last football you're going to see for a while, Mike. (laughs) Well, I thought it would be fun, Shane. Many of the – so we got 12 teams, obviously, in the SEC done with spring. Now that they're done – I got a question Mm -hmm. remaining for each of them. We're going to get to that in just a second. But we do have some comments from Nick Saban, Shane, leading up to the A-Day spring game here. A lot of talk about the quarterbacks down there in Tuscaloosa, Shane. And, you know, there's some rumblings. I don't know legitimate or not, but some rumblings that they may not be exactly thrilled with their quarterbacks. And, again, that's not to say they're bad players, but you got to remember what the standard is. They don't care about SEC West titles. They don't even care about SEC titles. They care about national championships, and they're 0 for 2 the last two years. And I'm not sitting here saying they can't win it with a a new quarterback, but maybe that's going through the head of Nick Saban. I, I did see an interesting stat, Shane. How about this? The last six SEC championships that Alabama has won, they did it with a first year quarterback. So <laughs> it's not like that it's not like they can't get it done, but I don't know. They're they're not someone that's gonna add to the portal just yet because they still got spring going, but yeah. man, next weekend, just keep your eye on that. I, I mean I don't even know who's out there to be had, but uh that's pretty interesting, don't you think? 
I think so. I think it's very interesting. And, and, and you talk about – I mean, we talk about some of these quote-unquote quarterback competitions that really aren't quarterback competitions. Right. You know, I, I, I'm with you. I'm hearing, I'm hearing different things down in Tuscaloosa myself, and, and I don't know how tight this thing's going to be. So, you, you talk about watching a spring game. Like, I am very eager to see how these guys play out and how – and who knows? May not, like you said, may not even be the starting quarterback next season. But uh, we're not we're not starting that rumor mill, and I don't want to get – you know, I've already picked on the tide a little bit. I don't want to go all in on them. It's not like they're going to struggle here. But one of the interesting stacks you had there was, uh, was, was winning those national championships with those first-year quarterbacks. And there's a lot of – a lot of gamblers out there. I mean, this may be the year that you just take a chance on the old kid, Nick Saban. Yeah. So let's kick it over to him. All eyes are going to be on Ty Simpson and Jalen Milrow, the quarterback competition this Saturday. Here's Nick Saban on his two signal callers here vying for that starting role. And how they look today and the progress they made from last week. Well, they both made some good plays, but they also both, you know, made some plays that they probably wish they would have had back. Um, so, but they're making progress, they're improving. Um, I think that they're developing some confidence, you know, in the offense and what they're supposed to read and what they're supposed to do. Um, you know, I thought we were a little up and down today. I think we made some really good plays, but I also thought we made some, you know, maybe mistakes that we, we need to eliminate. Good job all spring. How effective is Ty Simpson as a runner when a play breaks down or protection breaks down and he's got to play outside the pocket? Yeah, he can move. He's a good athlete. Um, you know, he can make plays with his feet. Uh, I think Jalen is probably, you know, really special when it comes to that because of his speed. But, um, you know, Ty does it fairly well. He's a good athlete. He can run. run. He ran the ball, you know, a lot in high school. So um, it's tough. Uh, and he makes pretty good decisions when he's running the ball. So, um, I think, you know, one of the things when it comes to situations like players have to understand, is this a good time to run or not? Like we did some two-minute today and guys are running where we'd be better off if they'd throw the ball away because we're just wasting time, really. Um, so I think situationally uh, we can probably do a little bit better job of making decisions of when we use our feet to make plays and, you know, when it's better to give up on the play and uh, have another chance to make a play the next play, especially, you know, like in two-minute situations. How much has Jalen Milrow uh, improved in terms of pocket awareness since last season? Um, well, I, I think that he's made progress. Uh, I think the more experience he has, the better he's going to get at those types of things. I think one of the, you know, things is we really try to emphasize, you know, two hands on the ball. I, th I didn't think his pocket awareness was bad last year. I think his ball security was not what it needs to be. Sometimes when he starts moving around, you got to have two hands on the ball. Uh, so they can't knock the ball out of your hand. So that's something we worked on really hard so far this spring. All right. I mean, he's about as bad as Kirby, Shane. He won't reveal anything in these pressers. You know what? <laughs> no, he won't. Actually, I had to listen to it twice because I, I kind of like drifted off there. I was like, oh, wait. Oh, yeah. Was he saying something important? No. <laughs> was, somebody was on the log or something. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I guess oh, that's your next one here. <laughs> yeah, so, but he did have a great comment on five-star freshman, number two running back prospect in the country, Justin Haynes. Shane, sounds like he's a baller, and, and as Nick Saban says it, you can just be out there sitting on the log and recognize <laughs> him. You know what? <laughs> 
That's what happened. You sent me all this stuff, so I, I kind of drifted during the quarterback talk, and then I heard, did he just say log? You know, and I had to play it over again. So, You've mentioned the challenges that a freshman running back has stepping up to the next level in the past. Just what, How has Justice Haynes handled those, and what have you seen from him this spring? Justin has had a great spring. He's a really good player. He's a really mature guy. He's really smart. Nothing's really too big for him. He goes out there and competes, and if you were just – you know, a guy sitting on the log, you know, watching, you would never know he was a freshman. So he's a very talented guy. Uh, he can make cuts. He can make him miss. He's got some power. He's got good speed. He's a good receiver. So, um, you know, he, he's done a really, really good job all spring. Oh, yeah. I had to play that one for you, Shay, because I, I feel like that was that's an analogy you would use on this show. You know what? How, how exciting is that, though? I mean, uh, you think about Alabama, some of the the great teams. Here we've, we've kind of rehashed the quarterback situation. But, uh, you know, when I think of great Alabama teams, I think of great running backs. And and Nick Saban coming out here talking about a freshman, you know, not looking like a freshman. I mean, I've never heard him that excited about a young kid, you know, touting the rock back there. So I, I'd be kind of pumped up if, if Coach Saban is this high on him already. Yeah, no doubt. With a loaded roster like that, a young player who, you know, they, they say it to death, he should be at a senior prom. I mean, this guy that still should be in high school, it gives you an idea right. of just how talented he is. But all right, Chase, so like I said, we got 12 teams done with spring. Transfer portal is running rampant right now. I don't know that all these teams are going to find answers here. Their answers mm -hmm. may be on the roster already. I don't know. But just 12 little things here Shane that I still have question marks for each SEC team that have concluded spring practice how's that sound that sounds great brother all right so I'm going to start with Auburn Shane because they were the first one to get done here well technically Missouri I guess we'll get to them in just a second but Auburn and also I stayed away from quarterbacks because we can go quarterback on about yeah. half these teams <laughs> so that's a little too easy I'm going for Auburn receivers, Shane. They only had one receiver that had over 315 receiving yards last season. They only had three receivers that had over 150 yards. Now, that doesn't count the running backs. I'm not counting them because they're still running backs. But, man, they need help on the edge. And uh, Hugh Freeze has said they want eight guys out here to be in this offense. And I don't know if they got seven that they can count on. Well, Mike, I, I I think when Hugh Freeze took this job, the first thing you thought of was was quarterback and wide receivers. You know, I I don't know if that's what you thought, but that's exactly where my mind went. So right. you know, maybe are we going to see that 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 step up? We're going to see some development here in in, in one off season. I mean, you know, he's already kind of hinted at the portal. Is there some other guys floating around out there? So I'm very interested to see because Auburn has really struggled in the receiver department for quite some time. And, uh, you know, to compete in the SEC, you've got to have some dogs out there. So I'm kind of curious to see what they do when this this window opens up again. Right. And it's just – it compounds itself when you don't have a quarterback and you don't have – I mean, you're just – good luck yeah. in the SEC West. You know <laughs> what? Right. That's right. right. You better have a good punter. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How about Vanderbilt, Shane? Defensive backs for me, the biggest one. Defense has been, uh, you know, let's just call it what it is. It's been a train wreck under Clark Lee. Understandably, he had rebuilt the whole thing here. But we're starting to get pieces in the front seven. Uh, we got confidence in a lot of the offensive pieces. But Vanderbilt, 
one of the worst in the SEC pass defense last season. They've got some some guys returning, so they've got some quality back here. I don't know about the depth, and I, I still think that uh, Vanderbilt, that has got to be the biggest issue. When we had Chris Lee of Vandy Sports on last week, that's what he talked about as well. Defensive backs, I just don't know if they have any guys that, that are really true shutdown DBs back there. That remains a big question for me. Mike, and if you don't have those true DBs, you got to have a handful of okay ones, you know, the ones that you can keep shuffling in. And, and right. that's where that's where Vanderbilt's really struggled, you know, late in the season, you know, with uh, with with that competitive depth. So, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you, brother. And this is a this is a department that that gets exposed pretty easily you know and if you don't have a quarterback which i think swan is is, is a hell of a qb i think i think they're going to be all right on that side of the ball yeah. but you're asking a lot out of him trying to keep up with some of these other high scoring offenses that the vanderbilt faces now i talked about mizzou shane let's get to them and uh, you know again obviously quarterback is a, is a question but we're not going quarterback could potentially say offensive line but mm -hmm. shane when i think of drink I know he gets touted as this quarterback, offensive mind guru type guy. But when I think of Missouri under him, and even going back to his one year at Appalachian State, he has utilized these running backs. I mean, right. Beatty tore it up his final year. Mm -hmm. Larry Roundtree was outstanding that first year under Drink. And that's not to discredit the two guys we got, uh, Cody Schrader and Nathaniel Pete, both back one and two leading rushers last year. But – Man, they were just – they were not to that level. So, yeah. I think we need to add someone or someone's got to emerge or, or something because Missouri just was not the same without that running presence that we've seen, again, from the likes of Tyler Beatty, Larry Roundtree. I think Drink needs that guy to emerge to help the quarterback, whoever it is. I think that's a big uh, missing piece of the puzzle for the Tigers. And a focal piece of his offense, you know, it, it, it seems like his offense always runs a little bit better when those guys are. And uh, I think you hit the nail on the head here because you go back to App State, that was one of the things that stood out to me when he came to the SEC was he was able to get some running back play. He was able to make no names contenders again. And, and I we saw that with, with Roundtree, like you said, and Beatty. It, was, it almost felt like, who's the next man up? And then we had a little bit of a lull here, and that kind of surprised me. So somebody's got to step up here for this Mizzou offense to click like it needs to. Yeah. Brother, they got to have that running game going. Now, how about Kentucky, Shane? I think this is an easy one. Same issue that plagued them last season and, and really derailed their whole year, the offensive line. Yeah. Now, they've added guys, a stud left tackle from Northern Illinois that they actually faced last year. So, they got some early scouting on him. Uh, they added Tanner Bowles from Alabama. So, I mean, they've added nice pieces. But mm -hmm. still, hearing you know a ways to go with that unit, they got the quarterback, they got the running back, they got the receivers. But in the SEC, none of that matters if you do not have the line of scrimmage. We need to bring this big blue wall back to Lexington. <laughs> and if they do that, man, Kentucky is going to be maybe the biggest sleeper in the SEC this year. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't have to really be the big blue wall. Like, 
maybe like the medium blue wall or something, you know, to the, How about the, the fence? accountable Big blue. blue fence. Yeah. Just something. <laughs> just keep your quarterback clean. That's that's all we want. Buy him buy him some time. So now I, I think you're right. And you know, it, it feels like we're beating a dead horse when we talk about last year's Kentucky team. Uh a lot of those problems stem from the offensive line and it's something that they addressed aggressively. So um I, I'm looking for an improvement on, on that side of the ball. But again, we're talking depth here. You can't just have five guys. You gotta have seven, eight guys rotating here. Uh you, you know, or late in the season it's gonna come up and bite you. Yep. Same thing for Florida Gators though, Shane. Now again I could easily say quarterback, but we're staying away from quarterback. I think it's that offensive line. Now, they, they had guys mm-hmm. out in the spring game. That's that's a fair uh, note to make. But they're losing four or five on the offensive line. Two of those guys are go- going to be NFL players this time next year. Two of them transferred to Southern Cal. They've added some guys via the portal that should step in. But one of those guys is already hurt, maybe lost for the season. And it was just a train wreck in that spring game. And given the uncertainty at quarterback, given – you know, they have nice receivers, but I don't think it's anywhere near elite receivers. Uh, they really need an offensive line to develop here, and that is Billy Napier's bread and butter. And if they don't have that, this is going to be a train wreck season. Yeah, look at the big guys getting this. This segment's brought to you by DXL. Fat guys <laughs> matter, you know? <laughs> Uh, Florida, Florida matters, man. They got to get that offensive line going because this is going to be a ground and pound team. They got the running backs. You said they got a few pieces on the outside. This could be a, a very efficient offense, but if your offensive line is not getting the push that, that, that they need, then you're going to see exactly what we saw last year. And that is a quarterback running for his life. So, uh, Florida Gators, I, I think that is definitely the, if, if you're putting an asterisk by a team that needs improved, it's offensive line. Right. Well, I'll get away from the big guys. I'll go to the, the athletic <laughs> guys here, Shane. Mississippi State, for me, it's uh, defensive backs with uh, three safeties gone with Emmanuel Forbes, standout corner, maybe a first-round pick in the upcoming draft. That's a big question I got from Mississippi State. I know they signed the top in-state safety, Isaac Smith. Look for him to play relatively early. They signed some big-time transfers, Kamari Rogers from Miami, Darius Jones from LSU, and Christopher Keys from Indiana. But bringing talent in is one thing. Getting all those pieces to uh, come together is another. And I think we saw that last year with uh, Marcus Banks. They added from Alabama. It's time for him to step up. He came in, and you think, you know, when you get an Alabama transfer, you, you'd hope he'd dominate from day one. I, I didn't see that from him, but maybe he will step up year two. I just got a lot of questions with Mississippi State's defensive backfield, but uh, that's that's one of the few questions I got for them. Was it, Well, um, let me ask you on that front. I mean, was this a was this a – I mean, because that didn't really stand out to me as the main concern – you know, there was a whole bunch of little things, and, and and I'm I'm wondering what what other you know aspects to Mississippi State were you kind of leaning toward? I mean, I mean DBs. It feels like a good answer, but I, I'm just curious. Is this feels like a team too that you know you could have picked another one, and I would have been like, oh yeah, I can be convinced. Well, maybe tight end Shane because literally they have not had a tight end on the roster for like six mm-hmm. seasons. 
And now with this yeah. new all new system, they're bringing in transfers because they they're forced to because they just they signed one right. out of high school. I think they added two via transfer. They're looking to add another one. So just implementing a tight end, they're, they're getting good from Georgia. I mean, you would think any Georgia tight end is is apparently a, just an incredible <laughs> athlete. So hopefully he is too. Um, I think tight end certainly, but it, it it's not that those are bad players. It's just we've not seen them in this program for a number yeah. of years. Uh, so I, I think tight end is certainly something I, you could also say for Mississippi State. Okay. All right, how about uh, Arkansas? Same deal, Shane. I mean, how can it not be the pass defense with uh, statistically one of the worst in the country? I mean, if you just go pl- by playing stats, they were the worst. But I, you can't just look at passing yards because you're playing in the SEC. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you're facing the best quarterbacks. You're facing the best receivers. They were dead last in the SEC. That's got to – turn around they bring in Marcus Woodson to fix that uh who was at Florida State one of the best defensive backs coach in the country so I got Mm -hmm. confidence they're going in the right direction they've got a a standout corner in Dwight McLaughlin they tried they're bringing in another one Singletary from Georgia another Georgia transfer there so I mean we could see overnight success from Arkansas's past defense but that is still something we didn't see. I mean, we're seeing these receivers make huge plays right. in the spring game. I, I, we touted the receivers for doing it, but we also got to say, oh, God, is the secondary still an issue? <laughs> and I hope it's not, you know. And, and one of the things I think is going to help them is that defensive front. You know, getting pressure on a quarterback – helps your secondary out and, and you know a lot of people don't think about defensive linemen helping your secondary but that's exactly what it happens and and, and it makes it can easily make a team one-dimensional so uh i'm with you uh more depth than than lockdowns you know i just want to see because man they got banged up late last season and, and we can't you you have a couple of your ones go down and, and it just felt like it just crumbled so i want to see some competitive depth and uh definitely like to have that answered by fall now how about tennessee shane i mean there there's a lot of strengths there's some questions Mm -hmm. but for me the biggest question is that offensive line and we saw it in the spring game it it, i don't want to say the quarterbacks were running for their lives because you you know you you get a finger on them they're down in the spring game but it seemed like they were pressured more often than you'd like um, mm-hmm. you're losing a standout tackle Darnell Wright maybe the first offensive lineman taken in the upcoming NFL draft you're losing Jerome Carvin another standout that's been in the lineup for a number of years you've got some talent but particularly at offensive tackle this whole offense as great as it is it's not going to work if they can't pass protect that's the biggest right. question I have for Tennessee yeah, and I think that's the easy answer, Mike. Offensive line—that's something that we've been questioning all off season. As I mean, even going into uh, the the off season, we Tennessee was thin uh, on offensive line. As a couple of those guys went down, it, it that offense slowed down. So, yes, you got to have those big uglies in 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 a, in a worse kind of way. Uh, there's some other areas, you know. Obviously, we can't mention quarterback because you kind of steered from that, but that's that's also one of my concerns. But you know, we got a lot of receivers too coming up. Uh, yeah. You know, how does this new crop of guys look? And and you know, we didn't get to see all of them during spring. And uh, I'm just wondering how that plays out in the fall. So, yes, you look good on paper, and you look good a couple of times in action last year, but we haven't seen that as a total unit. So I just want to see what does this team look like. You know, at 100 miles an hour, everybody loaded up in the roster. 
Now, how about Georgia, Shane? I think the biggest question mark, punter. Because I don't know if that guy's going to see the field this year. I don't know what they got at punter. You know what I mean? No. I was going to say trophy case, you know. I was like, are they going to expand that sooner than later? No, no but seriously, I, I think potentially pass rush, Shane. Their, their pass yeah. rush numbers were not elite last year, but I don't – Hell, it didn't matter. So, uh, and and Kirby has said the outside linebacker spot, that's one of our youngest. They love the talent, but inexperienced across the board. Again, we'll be sitting here. Is this going to cost them any games? Probably not. But uh, you'd love to see some of these demons off the edge. I'm sure they will emerge, but I don't know who the go-to outside linebacker pass rushers are for Georgia with Nolan Smith off to the NFL. So that's, again – it's not much of a question, but it's you know it's who's going to get twelve sacks this year? I don't know who that is at this point in time. <laughs> I don't either, but they probably will find them, you know. And that's that's <laughs> one of those things you you keep saying reload, you know, not rebuild, and, and that's one thing that they've been able to do. But you know, finding that X factor on the on the defensive front is. is easier said than done. So yeah, I'm right there with you, Mike. We need to we need to have a dude. A dude that everyone's afraid of, a dude that everyone gets double teamed, you know. So yeah. that's the guy that chews up those blocks that that allows somebody in the secondary to run around free. So, um, yeah, who's that dude? And now for Ole Miss, Shane, for me, it's uh, defensive line because yeah. uh, we we are transitioning to a four man front. That's what the fans wanted to see. That's what Lane wants to see. So we need more linemen here. We've got some quality bodies, but. Man, they they have not held up against the run. I'm still seeing Rocket Sanders go for about nearly 300 yards on them late November. <laughs> I mean, it was just a train wreck on that side of the ball. Uh, defensive line has got to improve if, if Ole Miss is going to take that next step. Yeah, I'm with you. And, and that's been kind of the theme. That's what they've all been talking about is there's improvement on that side of the ball. And, you know, obviously the spring was a little bit skewed because Lane wanted to pad those offensive numbers. But um, I, when, when it – you know, the lights come on and fall, man, we, we've got to have – we've got to have some dudes on that side of the ball. So, uh, that's, that's the one – that's my biggest area of concern as well. Mm-hmm. Now for Texas A&M, this, this is interesting, Shane. a and <laughs> doesn't have a lot of question marks. They really don't. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think the defensive line is going to be nasty. I think they may have the best secondary in the SEC this year. Mm-hmm. But I don't trust the depth at linebacker. Now they've got some experience there. Uh, Edgerin Cooper, Chris Russell, two great players. Martrell Harris has got some experience. But I just named the three guys they got that have basically seen the field at the linebacker position so i mean this is the sec west man you you got to have more than three linebackers i don't care how good your d-line and secondary is so i think that's kind of the biggest question mark i have for the for the aggies I, they need to add some pieces via the transfer portal they got room i, I would expect them to add multiple linebackers yeah no i'm i, I could get that i i've also I mean, offensive line. Now, I mean, I know they got the names. They got the stars. The hell they did last year. And it felt like that was a unit that just never really got it together. And, you know, we can't have Connor Wigman or, or Max Johnson. We can't have these guys running for their lives. we got to have plenty of time back there in the pocket. we got to have an established run game. And that all starts with them big uglies up front. The the What they call them, the 
Goon Squad or something like that. The Maroon, Maroon Goons. Goon. Yeah, bring them back. So that's that's what I want to see. I want to see these uh, Texas A&M Aggies just, just get ugly. You know, you're in the SEC, man. Fire it up. Be big. Be ugly. Make some noise up front. And it starts with the offensive line. Shane just wants this whole list to be offensive line. Nah, keep keep going, baby. <laughs> keep going. So last but not least, South Carolina. Offensive, offensive line. line. <laughs> <laughs> well, we joke, but seriously, that, that could be an issue, Shane. And on a serious note here, this is according to J.C. Sherbert, friend of the show, owner of the Big Spur. He's reporting bad news, Shane. Uh, our left tackle, uh, oh, Jalen oh. Nichols, who got banged up in the spring game. Sounds like he may be out for the year. And Oof. this is our best lineman here. Left tackle, blindside protector for Spencer Rattler. Uh, man, losing him. And, again, I'm not – it's not me reporting it. And let's hope maybe he got some bad information. But hopefully uh, Jalen Nichols is back. But if he's not, man, that's yeah. a that's a mammoth of a man gone from the lineup there. And, and some of the our other linemen are off to the NFL. So, South Carolina's got all the pieces aside from – I don't trust them on the offensive and defensive line to be an SEC elite contender. They need pieces to step up there. Not saying they can't, but yeah. I don't know who those guys are right now. Yeah, and I think when you're concerned, it's not that you don't think it can't be fixed. You do, We need some people to step up. We need a unit to, to, to come together and, and be a force. And, and I think that's the – you know, you can't judge that from a spring game and, and this guy out, that guy out kind of thing, you know. That's just three weeks in, four weeks in, you know. What does that offensive line look like? Are they keeping Spencer clean? Are, you know, are they pushing? Are they getting that, that three, four-yard run, uh, you know, to start a drive? Or, you know, that all starts with the offensive line. So, when you don't have that, it makes everything else so difficult. So, uh, I'm with you here. I it seems like we we beat this drum about eight times, but give me offensive line, Mike. <laughs> well, case in point, Shane, last year LSU, remember first game, Florida State, Jaden yeah. Daniels running for his life. He was the offense because they couldn't block a lick. And then mm-hmm. by the end of the year, they're blocking Alabama. They're they're blocking you know elite SEC linemen right. on their way to an SEC West title. So those players can emerge. We just don't know who all those guys will be at this point in time. But, yeah, I mean, common theme here. Did not do it on purpose, but we all need some linemen to step up big time this fall. You know what? (laughs) DXL getting another plug. (laughs) (laughs) Well, buddy, hey, that's all I got on this episode of the show. You got anything before we hop off the line? No, Fran, that that was it. Uh, Again, I'm I'm, going to be watching these last two games because we've got a long row of of non-football, and it's bleak out there, man. I've tried some of this other stuff. Uh, I think XFL was on the other day, and I was like, I just can't, man. I'm I'm really struggling. I want to support other athletes, but – you know, if it ain't college football, if it ain't the NFL, it is tough, brother. So enjoy, enjoy these final spring games. If you get a chance to get out there, do it. You'll you'll not regret it. Yeah. Well, I certainly enjoy talking to you, brother. I appreciate each and every one of you for hanging out. We'll catch you on the next one. All right. See you guys. Go balls. <laughs>